Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Where are you at, girl? I am right here. I am right here, and I am ready to go. Where are you located in the world? Okay, okay, okay. So welcome to the Behavior Hour. 
um, with the Genius team. We are going to dive right in. At, we, we have a long weekend ahead of us, and so we've got some time to be doing some reflecting. So here's my opening statement for you that I want you to think about long and hard as I say it to you. If you do not unlock your history, you are guaranteed to repeat your future. So just let that sink for just a second. And that's the whole beauty of human behavior is that it immediately unlocks your patterns um, and allows you to give you the opportunity to choose differently. So I want to, uh, Tony, good morning. I think you're here. I see Patricia this morning. I see uh, Tara and Corey. Um, I see Scott on stage. I see Mary Lynn. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm welcoming up all the Genius G100 uh, ladies and gentlemen that are here. Um, are we ready to dive into this? If you don't unlock your history, you are guaranteed to repeat the future. Uh, thoughts about that as we start? I'm going to get into some Q&A here in just a second. Absolutely. You are destined to repeat your, the mistakes of the past if you don't unlock it, if you don't learn from those mistakes. So, yeah, looking forward to this hour. And by the way, I'm just going to plug because Amelia's got a new website and it's already pinned at the top. Uh, absolutely brilliant. So if you haven't done it yet, check it out. And actually, it's better on a PC than it is on the phone. Uh, and by the way, that is where you can go and order the new book that Amelia put out, The Shoulds of Life. I'm excited to get my copy so you can pre-order it now. So just excited to be here with you, Amelia what? and Kimberly hey, and hey, Ramon and everybody hey, else. Hey, Tony. You. Yeah. T Tony, I'm sorry, Tony. This is Ramon. I just want to say how angry I am right now. Amelia has a new website out, a new website. She has a new book out. And I'm just hearing this for the first time now. I am not happy. Back to you, Tony and Amelia. Hey, oh, my I'm, God. I'm, I'm coming, my, I'm coming your way with this new book. I'll just tell you Let's that do right, it, baby. right now. We've got some fun, fun <laughs> things on this one. I mean, uh, we've got, a, again, it's a behavior book. So there's a lot of games and exercises that allows you to do quick reflections and do immediate transformations of your behavior. So let's just play with one as we think about that right now. So what I want you to do is I want you to think the last time that your reaction did not meet your intention, right? And we've all had these moments that we're like, woo, I just sounded like my mom or my dad, right? And so this, what I, the examples of this, I mean, is like when you snap at your kids or your partner and it really had nothing to do with them at all, but you can catch yourself raising your voice or yelling. How about complaining or nagging, right? Complaining and just going down to that little thing, just, you know, taking from the mindset of things that you have to do instead of the things that you get to do. What about being unbelievably ticked off in traffic, right? Uh, just, right? Well, so what are some other examples where we have behavior that the reaction and the response doesn't equal what our intentions was? any of those little life examples oh just yesterday <laughs> what was what were what were you doing and where was the reaction off uh well you know i we had a graduation party to go to and we were supposed to be there and literally it's you know start off in my neighbor's house across the street and we were late <laughs> i'm like oh, come on go. guys let's right? go late, late literally i'm like yeah. what are you kidding why how are we late we live across the street what is it deer traffic what, what's going to slow us down here what's going to be our excuse so uh, and i'm like come on you know so i i i, I overreacted uh, but again that, listen we're all human but uh, th again that was not the intention to 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 your point and i overreacted but again uh, those little things come and go i don't hang on to any of that well, the purpose of this exercise is to find the pattern, to find the trigger, right? Because if we're going to unlock our history, right, so that we can have and become a better version of self, 
we have to see where those triggers are. Those things, right? The way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And so taking a moment just to think back on the last time, right? So again, late may just be one of your triggers, right? Because it's probably attached to a core value that you have. And that's why the reaction was greater than the circumstances given. What's another example of a trigger? Think about it, where your reaction and response didn't equal your intentions. You know, I would think it's, it's, you know, when I make a commitment, I don't like to, to, to not follow through. So it gets me upset. Um, especially when it's something that is easily to easy to achieve, or, uh, there was really no reason for it. Um, but the overreaction of course can cost, you know, cause I, while I let things run, roll off my back, not everybody does. So I tend to, if, even if I do get upset, I don't tend, I tend not to stay upset, but that's not everybody. Uh, everybody isn't like that. So some people just stay upset and hang on to stuff. Um, so I could have, could have a negative impact for sure. Um, yeah, I'm just looking for, uh, but as, as, as you know, there've been moments, even with the, the little roadcaster thing that we've been playing with that have, uh, made me, uh, uh, frustrated. So, and frustration just slows, slows us down, slows me down, uh, keeps me from performing at my best. I don't know. If awesome. I, yeah. What, what, I don't know what, if that's well, the answer you were looking yeah, for. What else on stage? What are other, other triggers where your reaction is not equal to your intentions? Any other life events that are happening in people's lives right now? Because they, they show up daily. I just want to be able to, I'll give you more, but I'm trying to see, get a pulse of the stage of other behaviors that we can actually unlock right now with a solution. I'll, I'll jump in here. One thing that I think about is the way that I've had some conversations with my wife and I have to catch myself where she says something and I react a certain way. And when my reaction includes the words, you always do this, you always do that. What's really going on is I realize I'm holding on to something that upset me in the past. If I'm talking about you always, then I'm not talking about what happened right now. So my reaction is not appropriate to what's happening right now because that's not where my mind is at. And so I have to look at what is happening right now and, and is my reaction to the actual words and behavior of her right now as opposed to something that I failed to let go of. That's an actually great one. And so that is one of those knowledge nuggets. So the tone in which you communicate to the people closest to you, right? There is a um, disruptive uh, pattern when the people that you're the most comfortable with are the ones that we actually give the least amount of effort to, right? We notice it on our tone, we notice it on our on our pace and our impatience, right? Because subconsciously we believe we can get away with it. And so when your tone changes between the people who are your close knit circle versus the people farther away, this is a behavior that we're taught, right? So, and you can see it in many, many, many examples. Like all of a sudden somebody be like, hey, everything's all great and wonderful. And then they'll turn around and go, what do you want? Right, your tone changes, right? From tolerant to intolerant. So that's a great, 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 great one. What else? So we got tone, we have on here impatience. Um, we have, you know, feeling like we uh, did not overachieve. What else is happening in behavior in the day in, day out that we can dive into. Amelia, I have to tell you something. Hello, what Mr. You said Randy. About what we teach our kids. I'm one of these people that talks to 
misbehaving technology as if it can hear me. So when my technology is not working correctly, I go nuts. I cuss at it. I scream at it. It's a printer. It's a phone. It's a PC. I get very frustrated. Things aren't working. I've always been like this. And my son is the same way. And I'm horrified. (laughs) I'm horrified. And I have said to him, I will hear him get all angry at, at something that's not working the way it should. And I've said to him, Kevin, this was not what I wanted to teach you. I mean, I, I'm saying just to support what you're saying, I, I went unchecked for 20 years, 30 years, whatever. He picked it up and I'm seeing it, how unnecessary it is. There's, It's not helping, but for me to see my own child pick up my horrible, horrible habits, oh, that hurts, that hurts. I love it. I love it. And so, yes, and even when we uh, hear our own parents' words come out of our mouth, those things that we promised ourselves we would never say and never do, and then we hear ourselves doing that. Those are those patterns that we bring in from um, our imprinting from our childhood. And so we, we dive in really big in the new book um, about protecting and defending. And what I mean by that is subconsciously, right, as a behaviorist, we are either protecting or defending our behaviors almost at all times, right? It's a practice skill to learn to come to what we call neutral. And so in the shoulds of life, we talk about protecting and defending. And when you think about that, when you start to just get a little bit here as we say, okay, we're going to decode our history so that we can become a better version of ourselves as we move forward, because if not, we're just going to be in Groundhog Day, thinking about what does this actually mean, protecting and or defending. And the defensive mechanism, right, is it can be aggressive, it could be submissive, but it is a behavior because subconsciously what is being triggered, right, is for some people it's abandonment, it could be unworthiness, it could be fear of failure, right, the scarcity mindset, right, embarrassment is a trigger that triggers comparison thinking. I should have known, I could have done better, right, that's the comparison thinking that we know takes us down a very, very bad, bad rabbit hole. And so it's connected to either protecting or defending a behavior. And in most cases, if you start to slow down for a second and listen to your interaction, right, between you and other people, you'll start to see this pattern that you either lean one way to always protecting or always defending your behavior. And so when you think about that in the the, uh, scenarios that we just were talking about, right, is that we lean quickly into the overreaction to a circumstance and then further put the same negative energy than to protect or, or defend the actions that we just had, right? And so you see this when somebody snaps at their kid, you know, the kid is like, stop yelling at me. And you're like, listen, I've had a really bad day or I'm hangry or I'm whatever. We then defend the position, right, to further actually inflict unintended pain versus being able to back up from the circumstances and lean into healing energy, which starts with an apology, which we have another entire section in the book about what actually is a proper apology. So just thinking about that for just a second, when I talk about you're either protecting or defending um, your behavior, how does that land for you guys here on stage or those that are listening? Hey, Jeff, I see you flashing as well. Yes, absolutely. Go right ahead, Pastor Jeff. 
this is really great. And, you know, it causes me to remember uh, with my youngest son, I had this habit I picked up from my dad, which was saying no before I fully heard the question that he was asking. And once I realized that that was the behavior that I was following, I had to consciously and continually work at reprogramming my brain. And so what I would do is if I got off track and said no before he finished asking me a question, after he asked, I'd realize it. And what I would do then is say, wait a minute, what did you say? What was it you asked me? And then I also learned how to, if the answer was good, if the answer was going to be no, then what I would do is ask him the questions that would enable him to answer no so it wasn't his dad that told him no. This is Pastor Jeff, and I'm, in love, I'm loving this conversation. I love that, Pastor Jeff, because so many of us are programmed for no, right? We're, we, are, we lean towards no, and I can't, and I won't, and I don't want to, and blah, 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 all the negativity. We're wired negative before we're wired positively. And yes, it is an intentional, conscious effort to be able to hold space to the opportunity to lean into a yes. Yes is not our default position in most cases. So I think that is brilliant. I love that. And I'm sure people can flash their mic if you lean towards no first. Yep. It's right, TM, I see you too, right? It's a very, very common, 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 right, to go to no first. And the reason why we go to no first is this root behavior that I'm talking about right now, because you're protecting and you're defending. So if you're wired to protect and defend, right, and again, the yang or the masculine energy, and again, this is not sexual identity, this is just your energy, right? I'm wired for masculine energy, yang energy. So my natural instinct is to protect and defend, which means I'm naturally going to say no first. So I have to pause and use a behavior modification to get literally when I was younger, I just count to 10 before I responded to a situation because I was doing exactly what Pastor Jeff was saying. I'm already making the assumption what you're going to say next and I'm already at no. And so it's a practice skill set to lean into yes. Um, other comments from the stage. Hey Amelia, it's Patricia. Hey, good morning there, beautiful. <laughs> Good morning. Um, so I have, this is kind of weird. So with, we have these great teenage boys, Scott and I, and um, I will absolutely lose my mind over like messiness or forgetting something like homework or those kind of things. But that when it comes to things that most parents would get really upset with, like sneaking out or conversations around drugs, sex, alcohol, any of those kind of things, I'm like super chill and calm about it. And so my natural thing is like the disorder or disrespect will send me like through the moon. And I, there's no pause there in my reaction. And I think it's probably an extreme overreaction to the situation, but I don't really know what that solution is. Well, I'll tell you what's underneath that, right? So, um, People who have abilities for intense focus, right, need what's called a clean or unstimulated environment. 
And so you see this behavior in overachievers who have to organize their desk before they work. Right. Is there anybody here on stage? Is that, is that you? Is this your personality where you've yep, got to, right. Okay. You've got to organize that's me. before you start. Okay. Those are folks that are wired for narrow and deep, right? They go very, 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 very deep, really, really intense focus. Literally they can be focused on a project. I can be two feet away and talking to them and they don't even hear me right? That's that laser, laser, laser focus. And everything, again, all behaviors have a positive and a negative or a blessing and a curse. And so when you have that laser focus, your environment can become overstimulating, right? So this behavior needs quiet. It needs not a lot of light and it needs no distraction in the tabletops of the environment in order to work. Now, people who go wide and narrow, right? So visionaries tend to be very wide in their thinking, but shallow in depth. So for them, you can walk into their office and it looks like chaos, but they know where everything is. Now your laser focus cannot work in that environment at all. And a lot of those um, big visionaries, when you see their offices, you're like, whoa, doggy, what what on in here, right? Um, really highly, highly creatives also have a tendency to have lots of stuff and stimulus in their environment because it stimulates that other side of creativity where it distracts more the focus analytical brain. So it's just interesting behavior, but that's why there's an overreaction. The overreaction is because it's actually like little needles poking at your brain because you pick up on all of the discord that's in your environment. It's interesting, right? Super interesting because as I've shared with you before, our 15 year old has been starting businesses since he was in third grade and he's very, very, very creative, but everywhere he goes looks like complete chaos. I mean, it is a nightmare for me to see anywhere he has traveled in our house, but he's so creative and he can get these really big ideas on projects. So what you're saying makes total sense to me. Yep. And you'll find that, you, I mean, again, I have a Mensa child. My son is a very, very, uh, math, science, whatever. And he's got a label maker in his room. My daughter is a high creative and I, they've, there's 20 projects going on at craft projects going on in her room at all times, how she can be working on all 20 at the same time. It's just a different makeup, a different wiring. And in that root of the wiring, you get to see the difference in behavior. So What's in what's fascinating to me is that if you go into a creative space, right, kind of that wide and shallow, and even though it looks chaotic, and if I move one thing, they know, they know. And so it's really interesting how you're wired to your stimulus of your environment. And this is why, you know, we're spending time inside of the new book to really talk about and help you analyze what are you protecting and why what are you defending because underneath there is a root behavior for you to be able to examine is it working for you right so when you're wired to, to protect and defend if you go down a little bit underneath you're going to find avoidance behavior things that you actually will behaviorally avoid 
And the avoidance behavior is also creating the flat line um, on scale and growth. So remember, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So that avoidance behavior can show up like things like being late. Um, people who are late have a tendency also to prepare at the last minute, right? Yada, 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 yada. And so these behaviors are what we're talking about here so that we can unlock a behavior modification so that you can move and scale to the best version of you. And everything for us is to offer you choices on what is or is not working. This is just an opportunity for you to take a look at yourself from a different lens. Any other comments from the stage? Or again, I don't know how you turn hand raising on, but I'm happy to take uh, questions from the audience. Amelia, it's hey, Amelia, this is Ramon. I just wanted to add one thing that um, that you're, uh, the gentleman who hangs with you, your wingman, I forgot his name, um, but uh, he talked about his child. And I wanted to tell you, Amelia, the second best, second worst driver in the house is my daughter, Amelia. She stops hard, she runs through stuff, she careens. She's a bad driver, Amelia, the second worst driver. And my wife was telling me she's so frustrated, but Amelia, do you know who the worst driver in the house is? It's me! So I just had to add that. It's like, <laughs> our kids learn from us and I'm just like so embarrassed. I'm like, oh, Ronnie, I gotta change my driving. Thank you, I'm done. And so Ramon, do you think it's because your brain is already on the next thing? I have to submit to you to help me with that. Probably it is. I mean, you know, I'm an aggressive type. Yeah, moving first, talking right? first before I think. Yes, 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 probably. Yes. Right. And so when, and again, every behavior has a genius, right? So it's never about having to change something. It's just about analyzing, is it working or where does it work? And so people who drive like what you're talking about, it's because their brain is already a mile down the road. They're already thinking, they're not present in the driver's seat, they're thinking about what's going to come next, right? That same behavior, so think about the driving pattern. It's also the people who step on other people's words, right? They're so excited to participate in the conversation, they interrupt, right? So the driving is interruptive, the behavior, the speaking's interruptive, it's interruptive behavior, only because you have to learn to pull your brain back to present. So all she's looking for is a tool to bring back to present for short bursts of time. They cannot do it for long periods of time. So in driving, what happens is they come present and then their mind wanders. They come present, then their mind wanders. They come present, their mind wanders. Same thing in a conversation. They pull their mind present, and then their mind wanders to really the end of the conversation and then you pull it back again. So if that's interesting to you or resonates to you, um, again, that's just a behavior modification tool that you guys can play with in your home. I love it, Amelia. And one more thing, if I can say, maybe you do it for another session, but I watched The Maverick yesterday, you know, with Tom Cruise. And it seems to me, Amelia, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but the Tom Cruise character, similar to me, fast and all this, I don't think the other guy who was cautioning him to raise the floor and go a bit slow was wrong, but two different brains, I think. Is that kind of within a wavelength what you're talking about as well? It is. It's two different geniuses, right? So when you start thinking about projects and tasks and think about strategy, right, while some of your counterparts may be in the strategy in the here and now, we would intentionally let your brain go to go to the future, right? To go to the future because you like to get to the end, the end of the story, the end of the project, the end of the result. You're an end, right? If we associate that 
into the, the mathematical world of vibration and energy, which means you resonate like a nine, right? The endings where other people vibrate closer to a one, which is the beginning where your teammates need to vibrate there somewhere in the middle, four, fives, and six. And what I mean by that is where your brain's natural state of genius occur, right? Is it in the beginning, the middle, or the end? And that pattern goes through your entire life. The way you do one thing is the way you do everything, right? And so knowing how to modify your behavior for short bursts of time so that you can use it with intention so that you get the outcome that you want. And again, all of these things, all the stuff that we put, all the games that we're putting in the book, they're just behavior modifications that you can use and just pull them out of your toolbox based on real life scenarios so that you can use this tool versus that tool versus living life on default. You just do what you know how to do, but you're like, I'm not getting what I want to get. And so you be able to learn the skills yourself, and then you be able to teach those skills to your teammates, teach them to your kids, teach them to your and your spouses and your partners, which just deepens the relationship between you. But more importantly, allows you to use less effort, less energy to get a more maximum result. How does that sound? I love it. I love it. I love it. Fire. Thank you, Amelia. We're going to have so much fun, Ramon, talking Amelia, about this. I'm telling you, I'm coming your way. Let's do it. Amelia, it's Tara. I have a question. First, I'd like to wish Mary Lynn a happy birthday. She's on stage and it's Patricia and Scott's anniversary as well. So happy anniversary, guys. My question is when it comes to perception, um, how much does that play part in all this? Like if you have a perception on anger or resentment or bitterness or loss, how much does that uh, play a massive part of all of this? Well, and that's a great question. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. First of all, and yes, happy birthday, Mary Lynn. And we had a, we had a lot of genius, uh, genius G100 birthdays, right? The last couple of days, you know, we had Tanya's birthday. Now we had Mary Lynn's birthday. Yes, and happy anniversary to our favorite, like loving, lovey-dovey couple, Scott and Patricia. Um, when you talk about, I mean, that's such a great question. It's rooted in what you're protecting or you're defending, right? That's really what's happening with your perception. Your perception is yours because you want it to be true based on your perspective, right? And then the ability to come to neutral is where you get the objectivity of what is really happening, right? And this is something that as a behaviorist, we're doing over and over and over and over again. It's what we do so much in the Genius G100 is help people realize that what you think is happening is never what is happening. I'm going to say that again. What you think is happening is never what is really happening because the person that you're interacting with has a completely different perspective. And that person in 99% of the cases is defending an entirely different belief system, 
right? So just like giving Tony's example, right? He was getting frustrated because he was late. Well, his wife's perspective could have very easily been that she was, her perspective was to make sure that they were prepared, what they were bringing with them. She wasn't thinking about time. She was thinking about the quality of the, I promise to bring X, Y, and Z, or to make sure that the family was like all put together, right? Her focus was somewhere else. And so even though both people are participating in the same movie, the perception of what is happening, the plot, the climax is always entirely different. It is how two people can read the same book or watch the, two, the same movie and have an entirely different conclusion of what the movie was about. So good. 100% on that, by the way. Yeah, and so what happens is you think you're right because you're saying we need to be on time because that is what you're defending time because the importance is for you to be on time i said i was going to be there at seven i want to be there at seven now you take the other person who's participating in the exact same experience but what their importance is is that we come with the dish the wine the this whatever to be prepared both people are right both people are entirely right one is wired on time and one is wired on the results, right? Or the presentation. And so this is what's happening over and over again. Um, if we go back to the other example on tone, right? One person may be wired on what the content is of what you're saying, where the other person is wired on how it feels of what you're saying. Somebody's listening to the tone, somebody's listening to the words, right? And so when you start to dissect what are you defending and what are you protecting, you really start to get a reflection of who you are and what it is that you value as you move moment and moment throughout the day. The more you have tools to be able to say, okay, in this scenario, I need to be focused on quality over time, then the more you can hit what we call flow state. And again, there's a, in the new book, there's a whole chapter that talks about what are you defending? What are you protecting? And what does that really mean for your life by design? Which means what really do you need to be focusing on in order to scale? So let me give you an outcome for this. If you are protecting and defending a position that is in the opposite direction of generating wealth, you'll never generate wealth. Until you align your beliefs and your behavior into the same frequency of money generation, you'll never generate money. Does that land when I say that out loud? Yeah. Listen, not only does it land, not only does it land, but I want to take this opportunity to jump in and invite everyone. If you love what you're hearing from the wonderful Amelia Antonetti, uh, I'd encourage you to hit that link that's pinned up at the top. That's Amelia.com. Pre-order her book because if you like what you're getting here, there's so much more. Uh, she said there's a whole section in the book about that. So I welcome you to click on that. Not only should you follow Amelia if you're not following her yet, I don't know what you're thinking, but make sure that you're following her here and on social media, all of her social media handles. But make sure you go to that Amelia.com site and pre-order that book because, again, I'm excited uh, to, 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 to read it, even though 
we speak so often, so I, I already know some of the stuff that's that's in there, but I'm looking forward to uh, to, to diving in. So definitely hit up Amelia.com. The link's tagged at the top uh, and make sure that you're pre-ordering that book. I'm just going to do a quick room reset since I've got the mic. Of course, welcome of course, to, to anyone who's just joined us. This is Breakfast with Champions. Uh, and this today we're talking about the formula for unlocking wealth in 2022 and beyond. And the the surest way to unlock the wealth uh, wealth in 22 and beyond is to find to unlock and find that inner genius in you. And that's what the that's what the genius of Amelia is is helping you to unlock that. So make sure that you're ordering that book. Uh, thank you for being here. We will be here. We are here, of course. Uh, every Friday from 9 to 10, and we will be here again from 11 to 12 uh, with a fabulous interview as well with one of our own, Renee Marino. So that excited to hear about that by becoming a master communicator. So make sure that you stick around uh, for that. But of course, David Meltzer is coming up uh, at the top of the hour. Looking forward to that as well. So with that, uh, we just want to thank you all for being here, if not only for those on stage, but of course, for those in the audience, because without an audience, we could not have a stage. Thank you so much for being here, Amelia. Back to you. And, well, thank you, Tony. And we have some really, really, really cool uh, gifts for people who are, are helping us with the pre-orders. I want to thank you in advance. I know that um, we had some people last week that started to pre-order it and throughout the week um, off of our social media. And I just want to say we have some really fun things coming for you because it seems that based on what I get in the back in the comments is the behavior modification is the stuff that people really get the biggest impact in, right? Being able to see the reflection of their own behavior and then be able to actually take action to do something about it. There's nothing more frustrating for me than when I read a book and I go, okay, this is all well and great, but then now what do I do about it? And so each of the chapters comes with a behavior modification tool so that you can not only uh, do that for yourself, but also share it within your teams, your companies, um, and with the people that you love. And so there's a whole section on this uh, exact thing that we're talking about right now, which is if you can't unlock your history, then you cannot start preparing yourself um, to be able to modify your future, right? Which is behavior modification. You will keep repeating over and over again until you can actually see what it is that your behavior is protecting and offending. And so what I was just talking about before the reset was that if you are wired and protecting a behavior, right, then you cannot grow the areas that you're looking to achieve because you're rooted in today, right? Your belief system, whatever you believe, right, believe the sky is blue, then it's going to hold you in today with the belief that the sky is blue until you can see that the sky are shades of blue, gray, white, whatever, you will not move until tomorrow. You actually have to build the awareness, expand your platform, and then move yourself into the new behavior. So as you're doing behavior modification, the very first time you get that new thought, it feels a little weird, right? And we get that here all the time, every Friday on stage, as I talk about something and introduce a new perspective, a lot of you kind of go, hmm, I've never thought about that before. That first thought is a little uncomfortable. And then when we lock in a behavior modification tool, it is what guides you through to the more rooted thought and then opens up that space for growth. And so this is what you have to understand when you flatline in your life, right? When you hit 
those ceilings to say, okay, um, I'm, I'm making more money, but I'm not keeping more money or I'm, I'm making more space for time, but I'm not utilizing the time, right? I've lost the 10 pounds, but I've plateaued and I can't lose the next 10, right? It is the behavior that locks in your today. It's the behavior modification that expands yourself into tomorrow so that you now have the room or the runway to grow into the best version of yourself, which is a never ending process of reflecting, making a decision, what is and isn't working, modifying your behavior with tools for the things that you decided are not working, allowing yourself to grow, get the result, and then reflect again and repeat the cycle. And so that is the beauty of uh, behavior, right? I'm a behaviorist, not a therapist. It's very, very, very different. We're working on pattern recognition and behavior modifications to open up the space in your thinking and your thoughts and your behavior to grow into the best version of self. Um, any other comments from so, stage? Uh, if you, if I could, Amelia, jump in. First of all, I want to just say thank you. Regina already pre-ordered your book. She put that in the chat. There is a question in the chat that I'm going to read to you because uh, it's from Laferne. She's in the audience and she's driving. Uh, and she says, wait, how does this all relate to someone with ADHD? in relation to a neurotypical adult to someone who is neurodivergent when it comes to the environment and getting items completed or started? Oh, that's a great question. So when you have, when you have that, remember that is your norm, right? That is your state of norm, right? So person A may have a ability to stay present, say from a scale from one to 10. Person B can have the ability to stay patient from say one to five, right? Somebody who um, has more of the you know, ADHD has ability from one to three, but that is your norm, right? And so it's about maximizing your ability to focus. So people who, and again, how many entrepreneurs have ADHD? It's like such a common thing for us, right? Cause we have, that short-term attention span, right? But what we do is we utilize our attention, we let it loose, and then we pull it back in. So it's about being able to have small bursts of focus, but keeping the focus targeted to the same goal, right? So I can refocus myself 10 times in a minute on the same goal and get strong or stronger results than somebody who can focus for 10 straight minutes. Does that make sense when I say that? It makes sense to me. <laughs> right? So it's, it's not about how many times you've got to pull yourself back to refocus. It's about the ability to pull it back in order to focus. And somebody who can focus for 10 minutes, right, without a reset, isn't more or less uh, able than somebody who has to refocus 10 times in a minute, right? And so we find that over and over when we're training kids, right, who have the, you know, the challenge of being able to stay focused. It's a refocus tool, right, to pull back, to pull back, to pull back, to stay focused on the outcome that allows them to then have the great or greater impact. 
I'm you know, hoping that answers your question. Yeah, if I can just add, it's a great thing to acknowledge yourself for refocusing again. So acknowledge yourself and almost celebrating the fact, okay, I'm back, I'm refocused, because then you also condition your body to want to stay focused, or your mind rather to want to stay focused, if that makes sense. Just again, just acknowledging well, yourself for it. And there's also a benefit, right? So people who have shorter attention spans have a stronger out-of-the-gate energy burst than somebody who focuses for a long period of time, right? So if somebody focuses for 10 minutes, it's usually steady energy throughout the 10 minutes. Remember, everything is about strain and recovery, strain and recovery. People who have shorter bursts of attention span have a stronger energy out of the gate. Now, how do you utilize shorter attention span, right, out of the gate? Well, that is right. Think about that with motivation. Think about that on the start, right? They're usually better at the start of a project than the middle of the detail of the project, right? They're better at the start. People with shorter attention spans usually make better hunters in sales, like salespeople are hunters and farmers. They're usually better <coughs> hunters than they are farmers. The longer attention span is more farming sales, right? So it's a matter of pairing your natural patterns and genius with the desired outcome of where you hit your sweet spot. And so all it is is little adjustments and behavior modification. I'm really hoping that it land. I know she's driving, but I'm hoping that landed for her in a positive way. May I pop in and say something? Sure. Dude, okay. I'm driving, but I'm getting so much from all this. Like, I feel like I should be tethered to this room. We want you and tethered into the room. We want you tethered to the room. I, my behavior, I've got to stop the behavior of isolating. Like, I have a really bad habit of going to this dark place of isolation. I have to stop it. Like, it is so not good. So I'm so glad I'm here today. Anyway, I'm driving, so I wanted to check in. Though. Thank you for letting me speak, and thank you for everybody that's in this room. I'm really so, grateful this morning. Also, I'm gonna, and I, so I'm going to give you a quick one, right, for people who isolate. And I understand that, right? The, the, the isolating behavior is a protective behavior, right? That is what it is. It's protecting. Remember, I just talked about the beginning of the set. You're either protecting or you're defending. It's a protective yeah. uh, isolation. is yeah. protective behavior. So what you do is you set alarms. Literally set an alarm on your clock, again, depending on your unique socialization ability, right? Some people need to socialize once a day. Some people need to socialize three times a day. You have your own set of norm, but let's just pretend for a second that your, when you reflect on yourself, one socialization per day is what works best for you, right? There's no perfect scenario, but let's just pretend. So then you would set an alarm for noon every day. And that alarm would be your trigger to call somebody and spend three minutes on the phone with them or to proactively have a friend, right? So again, if you had five friends, one friend calls you every day at noon, right? You just set a thing on a calendar invite that says, okay, Tara, every Monday, you're gonna call me from 12 to 12.05. Patricia's gonna call me on Tuesdays from 12 to 12.05. And what happens is you set a pattern that at noon subconsciously you are now grooming yourself for interaction. In 12 weeks, you are automatically going to have the instinct to look for socialization. Does that make sense? 
totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so all that is, is a behavior modification tool. That's what I just gave you. It's a tool to say right now, my instinct doesn't say I want to socialize. It says I want a hermit. So now you're putting a tool in place that's going to teach you to want to socialize over a small period of time, then what happens is the instinct to socialize now grows and then you start to feed it. Ginny, I think you had a question, right, love? Oh, no, I had something to say, actually. Uh, I owned a travel agency for 25 years. I had never done that before. That was my desire. When I bought that business, I took it over. It was lingering. And I sat down in the hall in the building on a Saturday morning in front of that office and looked at it, and I saw what I wanted. I'm goal-oriented. I saw the goal. The tasks, I had people that my family, as a matter of fact, my two daughters, my son-in-law, that did the tasks that achieved the goal. It's To me, it's like this is the house that Jack built, if you know that old nursery rhyme. This is the house that Jack built. This is the moth that lay in the house that Jack built. This is the rat that ate the moth that lay in the house that Jack I could go through the whole thing. But it starts with one thing. And then I added the parts that I needed, that I knew. I'm not a back office person. I'm not a money person. I I had my son-in-law do that. My daughters did each a part. We all, we took, uh, we went to a, a person that, that read all of our charts. And we found out our basic differences. I'm a Pisces. I've got my head in the clouds. Uh, and we each had uh, an idea and I ran with that. I, I had my goal and I didn't worry. I had my goal. I was going to do that. If there was a mountain in front of me, I was going to go over it, around it, through it. I was going to get to the other side. That There was no, I'm 84. I am still that way. My mind still, while I'm listening to you, I'm listening and thinking. I have a book of good ideas when I when I get so spun out that I'm thinking of how I can accomplish this or that. I write it down. And um, sometimes you change the lens through which you look at something and you change that thing. Lots of times a problem would come up and I think, oh, my God. How am I going to do that? And within a day or two, I never jumped at anything. Within a day or two, I would think, oh, my gosh, that's so easy. When something smacks you, you are overwhelmed. But when you think about it, I think you can do anything. And I still want to have the desire to. And there's a video on uh, YouTube. It's called Piano Stairs. It was a place in Stockholm where they had a station, um, a railroad station, where they had this huge, I mean, you had to go up all these stairs. Well, nobody went up the stairs until they got an engineer and they changed the stairs into piano keys. So people could go up the stairs and you can look at it, piano stairs. And 
they started using the stairs because it was fun. So uh, I think you don't get too smut up about how you think or why you think. That's what you do. And you just, uh, I'm very social. I'm out all the time. I, I understand people who aren't. But you just don't get spun into the fact that this is you. This is your life. You live your life your way. This is your chance. And and there's one more video, and then I will stop talking. It's on YouTube. It's called It's Not About the Nail, N-A-I-L. Excellent to show the difference between men and women. You see the back of a woman's head and a man sitting in front of her, and she's explaining her feelings. I feel like this, and he's staring at her. And she's saying, but I have this headache. And he finally says to her, you have a nail in your forehead. Take the nail out and it'll stop hurting. She says, it's not about the nail. It's about how I feel. And he just stares at her. But if you take the nail out, and she says, it's not about the nail. So he's seeing... As a man, the problem is take the damn nail out of your head and your head will stop hurting. And she's saying, I want to explain to you my feelings. So that's a lot of times you're, you're saying one thing and a person, the other person is not hearing what you're saying but looking at the nail. So with that, I'll end my share. Thank you. That's that's wonderful. Yes. And that's the difference in perspective. Right. And so I know know both videos that you're referring to. And that is what it's trying to demonstrate It's visually trying to demonstrate that, you know, what you see is the reality. Right. What you see as the root of what is going on is never what the other person sees as what's going on. And that's part of what we're doing with the behaviorism, that's part of what we're doing in the new book is unwinding these common behaviors by also then creating a game and or an exercise. And so there's also something in the book, which is called the mastermind wall, right? We call it the genius wall. And what that allows you to do in a home and or an environment is take what you see as a problem or a task, right? Oh my gosh, I've got 10 things that I need to get done today. And instead of doing solo thinking, right, which is mean I have to do all of these 10 things, it's about adding it to the collaborative wall, the mastermind wall. We use one just right in our living room, right? So the living room wall before you walk out of the door has literally right now about 50 sticky notes on it. And each of the sticky notes has something that actually needs to get done. And what that allows is not just myself but people who are in and out of my house, my, 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 uh, my EA, my colleagues, but also my kids to be able to pick something up off of the collaborative wall. It's a great, a great, amazing tool. And so like right now on there is, you know, pick up prescription, drop off dry cleaning, bring in the trash cans, um, pick up milk. And so as somebody's walking out the front door, they can grab two or three sticky notes and I do not have to be the one to do it. It also allows me to quickly use technology so that when I'm using either Alexa um, or Echo, that when I'm asking her to drop something into my shopping or my delivery list, 
there is an entire wall right in front of me what everybody in the house needs. So I don't have to call my kids and ask them what they need. Everything is already on the wall. And so it gives us an immediate gratification because in the beginning of the day, there's literally anywhere from 20 to 50 sticky notes on there. But by the end of the day, we see that the wall together, right, we succeed because the sticky notes become less and less and less. And it's super, super fun. Um, it's a really easy way to be able to do chores. I basically tell my, da my daughter that she gets a dollar for every sticky note she takes off the wall. And so when she asks about, hey, can I have $20 to go to the mall, I'm like, there's no problem pull stickies off the uh, off the uh, off the wall and so little things like I'm like okay I want little plants plant planted in the backyard and I stick the leather up there you know I want the side of the house clean I want you know to change the car it's like all the things that I think about that I would like to get done I literally just take them and stick them on my wall and it's fascinating to me who ends up taking the stickies off of it so it's a great 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 tool to use in your home and your office I'm sure if Ramon Ray is still here he will be doing this tomorrow in his business Ramon oh, Ray I'm is doing still that here. today. <laughs> today, indeed, today. Me too. Can I say really quickly, because uh, I know it's about the time for you to go, but I just want you to know um, I really, really love you and I love your segments. I come every chance I get. My name is Sean Smashjet. You are so impactful and you just bring straight to it common sense things. Um, and really quickly, um, I really understand and believe what you say about the behaviors for the last uh, couple of weeks I've been in Detroit and I'm I'm originally from here but you know when I turned 18 I had some sense and I got away from the snow but um, here I, I realized that the behaviors of folks when you're you have to keep yourself around folks like this in the room because when you go back and you're going back to people who are in a certain behavior you can take on those behaviors or they become common back to you and so it's been awesome for me to realize where people are and why they haven't moved forward so what you share with us today was so impactful um i've been here the last few weeks my mom passed and i'm gonna stay here a couple more weeks with my family but i realize i know where i'm supposed to be around those who think like me and can move forward and not get stuck and there's a lot of folks out there who are living stuck like your stickies on the wall that's all i kept thinking about um so thank you so much for what you do and i am getting this book clicking apple pay right now you go girl i love that thank you thank you and we're so glad you're here i mean this is home this becomes your family you know glenn talked about in his segment how people that he knows here on this platform he knows better than people in real life and this is really truly all of the genius g100 brothers and sisters myself all the genius trainers we really 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 want to bring our content right to the masses because it works immediately Im immediately the games and the exercises the behavior modifications work fast you see immediate results and that's why um, with the uh, patience of Patricia and Corey um, and Tara and Scott and you know all of us putting together all the stuff that we do here into one quick book so that you can share it with other people 
because I promise you, you'll be like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Oh my gosh, this is so easy. I can do this. And that is what we really want to do right now. Just given the state of the way the world is right now is to be able to give people immediate ways to start getting results and not feel like it's so heavy and so far out of reach. So with that being said, I want to say a huge, huge, huge thank you. Please go to Amelia.com. Look for me in the red dress. Right underneath there is the pre-order form. We've got amazing stuff to bring with you. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.